Hello and welcome to the Yggdrasil podcast. I am your host, Radha Tosker. Today I have Limcube with me. Limcube, thank you for coming. Hi. Is that how you say it, Limcube? That is how you say it. I get Limecube a lot, um, but it's just kind of like a random construct of words I made up when I was like 14. Is there a reason for it? The reason is pretty much just I had like my real name in my online tag and my friends were like, no, you, you can't do you that. Can't. Like you can't dox yourself. <laughs> and I feel like I was thinking of making a logo and my mind went my mind went to like shapes and I somehow ended up there. I don't remember exactly, but there's no specific reason. Hmm. So I think up to this point I've only had um people that are strictly Zelda tubers when I've had my Zelda type podcasts. But I believe your channel is different. So can you tell me? And the audience, what what your channel usually what what it does? Yeah, so it's interesting because I've been getting into Zelda lore stuff more recently. But originally, um, my channel was basically just centered around speedrunning. Specifically, I started off with like Odyssey, Mario Odyssey speedrunning, and then I did basically become full on Breath of the Wild speedrunning with some detours to like Hollow Knight and Elden Ring. But mm -hmm. speedrunning was basically just what I did, and um. As we got closer to Tears of the Kingdom, which obviously Breath of the Wild fans liked seeing, I decided to make like a countdown series where I make a second channel, I upload a video every single day where we like count down towards the game. And the initial idea was that I do some sort of like rambling, like moist critical, like those sort of channels. And I wanted to just play the game in the background because that's kind of what, I mean, the memes are everywhere now with like subway surfers and Reddit in the background. So I was just like, yeah, I show you some interesting stuff on the screen and I talk. And I quickly realized that Tears of the Kingdom was the interesting topic. And then it kind of spiraled into this like Tears of the Kingdom lore anticipation channel that that has become now. But my main thing was always my main channel, which is different from that, is always like speed running or has been. And the is your main channel still uh, your main channel or has the other one gained more popularity? It is interesting because my main channel is like close to 100,000 subscribers, but my second channel, which is at like 5,000, which started as this countdown idea, is at the moment getting a similar amount of views just because that's what people are interested in, obviously. And I upload much more frequently as my main channel is like edited content with script and like a cool challenge run or speed run I'm showing off. Yeah, I noticed the. I noticed like early on subscribers don't mean anything like they just they, yeah, they mean sure. they mean nothing it's it's all about views the amount of subscribers you have really doesn't reflect the kind of views you'll get for sure so actually this is uh convenient uh having you on the podcast as a speedrunner person well let, let me let me get my initial questions because i just thought of a few other ones um mm -hmm. so first of all uh can you tell me some of your history behind zelda uh which one was your first zelda and which one's your favorite yeah, so up until Breath of the Wild, my like only real core Zelda experience was Twilight Princess. Um, it was also kind of like probably what got me interested into speedrunning later on because I um, I had pretty strict parents for gaming. Um, they only allowed me to play like play like thirty minutes a day, so I would go to friends often to play games. And one of my best friends also really liked Twilight Princess. And what we would do is we would back then look at like forums because it wasn't like elaborate youtube videos on how to clip out of bounds at the fishing mini game and skip the the snowboarding mini game and that was just a little for fun thing but i really enjoyed that i really um like the game the soundtrack the dungeons the bosses i think ever since that game i had this obsession with like these cool like giant bosses i like god of war later on and like shadow of the colossus that always felt really cool to me 
And then um, as I became like to the teen years or whatever, I was kind of bored of my parents restricting my gaming so much. So I kind of had like your like normie face, maybe go out sometimes. Um, but then when I was again old, I realized, wait, actually, I don't even like this. I actually do like video games, but now my parents don't restrict me anymore. So I'll play those again. <laughs> <laughs> you almost you almost had that nice normie phase life uh it, it, it's like wait this I is awful been there. this could this is awful i want to go back <laughs> exactly um but that actually made it so that i skipped basically everything between twilight princess and then breath of the white later for now i went back later and i played the original like uh nes one i played skyward swords um some other game boy ones i played the awakening remake um, and I have memories of a child playing the original Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but I don't actually have super strong connections to them, which is why I'm also not super well versed in the entire the timeline thing, which I think is convenient because I still do believe that we kind of departed from that now with the new games, but maybe with some references and stuff. But um, yeah, basically Twilight Princess is my favorite and then Breath of the Wild. I didn't play until 2019 um, because I was first... This was kind of like when this transition happened uh, back to the gaming world. Um, but I was speedrunning Odyssey at the time, so speedrunning was on my mind. Played the game, loved the game, and then before I knew it, there was a Breath of the Wild any percent speedrun in my YouTube recommended, and then I clicked it, and I thought, wow, this is cool, I want to do this. Let me ask you this. As a speedrunner, what do you think of Tears of the Kingdom's movement abilities that we... Okay, well, let me. Do you think that we're going to have access to Sheikah Slate abilities in Tears of the Kings, things like Stasis and the bombs? No, I, I don't think so. And I think there was a pretty elegant solution for them to already address like 80% of all of the broken tech that we have in Breath of the Wild. Mm. I'm not sure how much you know of the Breath of the Wild speedrun and what like the main techniques are. Not much, um, not much. Okay, but okay. I, 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 ha I have seen, you know, people using stasis to use to climb on trees, using the bombs to jump off and blast themselves right. forward, and use the the glider. I don't know much other than that, but that that alone is like it's a huge thing. And I know that speedrunners do that and enjoy doing that. Uh, so I'm curious, is it going to bother you that the bombs are not there or the stasis trees are are not there? For me, and I feel like for everyone that has speedrun the game like for long, it's the exact opposite. Because we've been doing this for like thousands of hours. We've been doing wind bombs is what they're called everywhere and stasis launches. So uh, like despite the popular belief that speedrunners hate the games and want to break them to disrespect the developers, I feel like the people that speedrun are some of the most passionate players around. And... Uh, that's why I think most of us actually want something new. They want like a departure from all of those mechanics, find new ones, find new ways to go fast. Mm. One of the thoughts that I had during um, the gameplay reveal was apart from, you know, not having access to the bombs and the stasis, that the ultra hand might be broken. Like the ultra, uh, the, yeah. the ultra hand might be broken depending on, on what you can make and how early you can make it. But it looked to me like there was going to be an early... Um, restrictions on 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 a lot uh, of what you could do so they show that part where he makes a boat and he has to cross across the the water in the boat and I, and I looked around that part it would be very difficult to get across that water without using that boat so uh, there's like a high wall to the right uh, it's mm -hmm. not clear that that you know you would have enough stamina 
to go up to the top of that that wall. Maybe like it, maybe there's some part behind it where you can get to behind the wall, go over there. But it seemed like this was like a, a very restrictive, intended way. So is this? Do you think that the Ultra Hand is going to be these kinds of puzzle type situations? Was like okay, there's something here. It's clearly a situation where you have to use your Ultra Hand to 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 build something to figure out how to get across to get to the other side, or how do you think that's going to work? I think, like for me, Ultra Hand is both the most potentially exciting, but also most meaningless ability at once. It's, it's interesting because it depends on how they crafted the world exclusively. Um, if the world was like very carefully crafted around potentially unlocking specific battery upgrades so that you can only reach certain places once you get them, Ultra Hand could be essentially your progression check. Like this is how they could kind of depart from Breath of the Wild, go wherever you want to, you have to get certain upgrades to reach places. And obviously that's entirely going to be the job for like the speedrun to figure out how to get around those to do as little upgrades as possible to go as fast as possible. I actually think Ultra Hint has a very interesting potential completely outside of building things. In Breath of the Wilds, one pretty niche, interesting way to like deal with a lot of enemies was to use magnesis on like a metal object and then just use the physics to do damage. It looks like with Ultra Hint you can pretty much pick up anything from like trees to stuff. So I wouldn't actually be surprised if Ultra Hint becomes like a combat ability in some of the runs instead of a movement one. But I'm definitely interested. Um, it's gonna depend on how they build the world. Like you said, if if it was if it's really hard to cross that river without the boats, that's completely different than yeah. There's other ways you can build something, but you don't have to. Do you think you're gonna be able to store these vehicles, uh, or do you think that the vehicles are gonna be one-time use only, and then you'll leave them behind there? Yeah, so that's really interesting. I personally, my first theory when I saw those vehicles was I immediately thought that there's no way that you have to build them every single time, um, mainly just because they didn't actually look that powerful. Again, th this comes from like a scope of like a speedrunner where you can fly anywhere technically and, and get going quickly. But even for a casual player, especially once you unlock things like the master cycle, which arguably, yes, you're supposed to get when you're like done with the game for the most part. But even horses compared to like a car, the car didn't look that much more powerful. Right. So they immediately looked a little bit gimmicky to me. And I thought probably you can. And now after the recent trailer, I would be surprised if you can't. If we look at that like laser contraption that goes off in one of those shots where it like fires lasers around the entire camp. I uh, feel like just looking at that thing, I thought, okay, so they probably sat there for like 15 minutes carefully constructing this like laser contraption. But if you have to spend 15 minutes to clear like one camp that you could have otherwise probably killed with like, I don't know, five weapon swings per enemy, it wouldn't feel very rewarding. Like maybe you get that one cool moment, you get that Twitter clip, but I feel like it would make sense for them to have some sort of like upload your your contraption mechanic i'm thinking i'm thinking it must be like situations where you can get it out in certain places like a stable like you you, you you'll be able to upload it into a thing and then and then right. pick it back up in a, in a different situation but you wouldn't be able to just summon it anywhere uh is my current uh impression of how it's going to work that's what i feel like too and that might not work in the great plateau the new great plateau yet or whatever but might become a feature later on Okay, so 
uh, you reached out to me on Twitter, and you actually brought to my attention uh, the dragon theory, the guy that the the fact that the guy that I was assuming at be, at the beginning was a Zonai was was actually a dragon. Uh, and you've you're you've expanded your theory uh, from that point. I've been checking out your Twitter occasionally, and you you have a lot of thoughts of that. Could you could you talk to us about it? like like tell us what your whole the whole thing is? <laughs> Yeah, so <clears throat> to me, the second the dragon guy first showed up, I, I think what everybody kind of figured out first is that they have the same essentially like hand that's uh, link, linked us uh, from all of the footage and the gameplay we've seen so far. So they immediately seemed important. Um, link is obviously our playable character, like someone that we control. So if that's the person we borrow our power from, we hear that line from Zelda, please lend him your power. They seem to be pretty important. And obviously everybody was kind of trying to figure out um, who this person actually is. In my mind, I was making that connection to Link already, but they, uh, they appeared like more and more like draconic features appeared on them. Um, a lot of people were calling them the goat guy, which technically makes sense. Um, I saw that the developers know developer notes from creating a champion go into detail that the designer of the dragon wanted to give them like a goat-like dog-like face mm. so that still checks out and then the eyes is what like really sold me on it i think um he showed off that comparison as well in the video where their eyes look like very much like the dragon eyes and then obviously we have to go back to the logo of the entire game which is kind of like two dragons biting each other's tail this like two-headed ouroboros which i read Kind of like depicts infinity or something like that. The the, info, the the entire thing is obviously still a little bit of a mystery, but um, I thought it was interesting to kind of like dig into that guy's um, entire meaning a little bit more and how they are potentially even connected to Link. Right. And and if uh, if you want, I can also share some stuff that I basically was like okay. um, yeah. curating on uh, this person. But um, we can start there. I do also have because I think it's important um, in this about this entire game. First of all, that's the one thing that I was like talking about, especially recently with uh, being on Twitter more, having more like semi-viral tweets and getting more comments. I think one thing that people overlook, so I like saying this anyway, is um, the everybody's excited for Tears of the Kingdom. Everybody's excited for playing the game. It's out soon. But I think this time right now is also incredibly precious and rare. Like just as little, it, ha it doesn't happen often that we get a new Zelda game and that's exciting. But it also doesn't happen often that we get to theorize about it. It's just as rare. So letting people like spiral their thoughts everywhere and like come up with theories, let letting them be excited, I think is important. And it's obvious that not everybody's going to agree on anything and everybody has their own theories and they're valid to have them. Right. Um, but what I do like before talking about um, this guy in general, and I guess I can share this because I basically have a visual for this as well. Okay, is kind of setting up our, um, our our time frame here. I think at least after this more recent uh, trailer, we have kind of departed from the time travel doubters to 
kind of uniting in the time travel believers. Yes. I think that's at least what the what I've seen mostly over social media. It seems like most people seem to agree that this is actually something that's happening. Yes. And the the framework that I kind of work in now is there's a lot of um interesting shots actually maybe let's start there. Uh, there's actually a lot of interesting shots that um make people think oh yeah maybe this is like the timeline that Zelda presumably falls into is happening before it's happening before um, Skyward Swords and then when people come up with theories to say, oh no, this doesn't work because of Ocarina of Time and this doesn't work because of Majora's Mask. I think that the frame that I work in is more like Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild are still kind of like their own thing. And maybe Zelda falls into a past that's reminiscent to the origin of Hyrule, but it doesn't mean that all of the events of the previous timeline then have to occur as well for this to work. This could be a parallel universe of Hyrule. This could be a Hyrule that's completely new and it might be doomed to share the same fate and similar stories might happen, but I, I still believe they're kind of like their own thing. So your your theory hinges on the idea that the the events of the other games are not important to your theory? Basically, yeah. Um, and I think this is even true for Breath of the Wild. They didn't really prominently feature the Triforce, maybe visually, but not in terms of like importance. The other heroes from previous games were kind of like referenced as myths. Um, I, I believe when Zelda like Night Sling, she's talking about them kind of in like a um, <clears throat> mythical way, way more than in like a historic way. And um, there's references to all of these places on the Breath of the Wild map from like the Wind Waker Island to specific like Marbe village ruins from Link's Awakening, which is just like a, like a random village, which in that game was like an island. So I think they're referencing them, but I don't believe the events of the previous timeline have to have occurred in that world. So let me ask you this. Um, then why is it important that this that the theory that you're working with happens before Skyward Sword? Right. I guess this is the perfect visual to talk about. The The thing that I noticed the first when talking about this trailer um, is the similarity between these two islands, basically the one that Zelda is sitting on in one shot and the one that Link at the beginning of the trailer dives past. It's been like theorized a lot if it's actually exactly the same island. I think the popular belief now is it looks at least suspiciously similar we have like the same dragon heads they're broken off in one shot we have the same structure in the middle the same rings link is seen later on this platform with the broken master sword and that's to me the reason i thought of skyward sword is because in the intro to skyward sword they talk about a catastrophic event that basically forced the people of that kingdom to send parts of the kingdom into the sky to protect some sacred power and that to me immediately reminded me of an island that's pretty much on ground level here and then later on appears in the sky now um let, let we, me let, let me the, uh mm -hmm. bring bring something else up before we get into the, your theory proper so you you you're thinking that this is going to be reminiscent of the origin of Zelda but you don't think it actually ties into an actual loop it, it, it's actually yeah. more it, it's actually more like it just calls back to the origins of skyward sword and it will and things will proceed from there 
yeah pretty much so basically i don't think that once let, let's say this island that zelda is sitting on in the story does eventually get sent up into the sky which is where link will find it in his timeline yes that doesn't necessarily mean that sky loft how people from skyward sword know it has to have been built there and the exact events have to have happened on there right you're, That's you're, basically what I mean. you're, you're working in a parallel uh world theory yeah, let it be parallel. Uh, some people I've seen brought it up as like a rebirth of Hyrule that happens completely far away from whatever happens in the original Zelda world. So, okay. Here's here's a, the problem I have with, with, with that initially. Um, I agree. Uh, in fact, I, I've, I've forwarded plenty of times uh, the opinion that, that, you know, Breath of the Wild was a kind of convergence of the timeline. They kind of wanted to get rid of it to separate themselves from the pre-established lore that was burn burdening them um, yeah. up until that point. I'm all for that. The problem is that the timeline, Nintendo is the one that has kept up the timeline. Like it, like people care about it, people theorize it, uh, theorize it about it, but Nintendo has always been the one that has connected their games via a timeline to their past games. They could have uh, chosen to completely break from it at any point in time. And in Breath of the Wild, even though it is separated from the games from like an inconceivable amount of time, you know, like the closest thing we have is 10,000 years ago, which is a ridiculous amount of time already. <laughs> right. <clears throat> uh, and then um, like the, the things that happened before are all in the era of myth. We have no, like they don't they have no clear records of it. They don't know what the fuck happened back then. Pretty uh, much. Uh, but they did still happen, like is is how nintendo is framing it uh so right. so the the issue with something like um why does it have to be before skyward sword specifically can your theory not work without it being before skyward sword because in the in the zonai mural here the one that you've, you've got pointed out yeah. uh that mural has ganondorf on it uh correct it looks like ganondorf it, it seems to not be demise uh so for this to have happened uh, in the distant past, Ganondorf would have to, like Ganondorf's a person. He's a, he's an actual human with a, with a history uh, in the Zelda universe, and and that might get elaborated in in Tears of the Kingdom why he's here in the first place. Um, right. So he he shouldn't be around before the events of Ocarina of Time. He was born in the events of Ocarina of Time. Okay. <laughs> Let me reframe basically what I tried to say, um, because I think our confusion about is like about the name Skyward Sword right now. So instead of saying, because I was actually trying to look this up, but I don't think Breath of the Wild has received a timeline placement by Nintendo unless I've missed it. It, it is uh, in creating a champion. They placed it at the very end of the timeline. Um, perfect. And everything behind is the era of myth. <clears throat> okay, perfect. Then this actually makes more sense. So. Let's let's frame it this way. Instead of saying Skyward Sword happens between where Zelda is sitting and Link is, let's say that this entire these entire two ga games do take place behind the timeline we know so far. But instead of it being the same Hyrule, it's like a rebirth of the kingdom. So it actually happens after them, but it's a rebirth of the kingdom. Okay. So this event of the Sky Islands appearing or like being lifted up, instead of being like this is the prehistory of Skyward Sword. If we frame it in a way where we say, so this is a reborn Hyrule, but because it still happens after the original, it's still doomed to share the same fate. Okay. A calamity or like a sort of Ganon will still appear because the curse is even still active in this one, which will eventually force them to lift these islands up, etc. 
No, actually, that that that's perfect. I I always I was thinking like there's room, in like the era of myth is supposed to be like a ridiculous amount of time. Like it, it, there's room for this right. to have occurred anywhere afterwards. Uh, uh, like at the events of all the other games, and just a whole just just an inconceivable amount of time has has gone by. So there's very lo loose connections to anything in the past. So this could like this could be anywhere, and it would be fine. Right, but basically, what I what I mean is that in this new universe. Um, I think Zelda ends up relatively early here, okay. wherever she is. So, so this is, let's say, the rebirth Hyrule after the original timeline. Um, and they quickly figure out that even in this Hyrule, the events will still happen. There will still be a Ganon. There will still be a, um, an evil force. And there will still be um, a chosen princess and a chosen hero, which is what I wanted to talk about next. I actually believe that this mural in the bottom left here is pretty much happening at the very beginning of this new Hyrule. Um, uh, Rin Kuto actually pointed out that this, um, who's a very, very, very talented like theory crafter from France, I believe, uh, pointed out that Hylia, the goddess, which I believe that this person, by the way, I can already give this away, is not Hylia, um, was often depicted or talked about as like the sun, and that this back here depicts the sun. And if there was... Um, let's say this kingdom is pretty new and Hylia chooses her chosen hero and her princess her whoever like shares her blood her reincarnation um the sun can actually basically be divided into two powers which um do show up on the joy cons actually of the switch oled which is official now um the joy cons are posted like online there's two symbols on there. One that we know as a recall, but also has shown up as like a different way of the kanji for time. And one that shows up as the kanji for light. If you think about the sun's time and light, that's pretty much what it is. It emits light, but it also moves kind of like... like um, at the speed of light. Right, at the speed of light, <laughs> but like it moves, which, which presents time. Like if the sun is moving, time is passing. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's clever. Basic... No, that's clever. That's great. Right. So I believe this is basically um there it could be Hylia. It could just it could just I, I don't know, maybe I mean the Hylia appears everywhere in the world, so I believe she's still a thing, either from the past or a new version. It doesn't really matter. But I believe she bestows her power here to these two important people, potentially. And a lot of people get like immediately immediately say, like, oh, like please don't connect this guy to Link or the ancient hero or whatever. I go more into that. That's basically where we started and why I believe there's actually a fair chance. That's a, that's that actually somewhat... yeah. that's actually like the first thing that I that I did as soon as I saw him. As soon as you pointed out the dragon thing i i i uh i think i mentioned this before i was talking about the ouroboros that's like the first thing that i did it's like okay yeah I'm, i've connected it's too late it's already it's too late it's collected in my mind he's the other dragon and link represents the other dragon um right right uh, let me mention something though for the audience uh quickly um this, this doesn't have any relevance to what we're talking about right now but i've had a lot of people in the comment sections talking sometimes not a lot a few people in the comment sections talking about um why the Hylia statues talk to you um, when, when I keep saying that I don't think Hylia is, is around exactly anymore. And I think that she's doing what she's always done in Skyward Sword and that she can see like infinitely through time. And so she has <laughs> pre-recorded messages <laughs> on all her things 
uh, the, in, including the, the statues in, in Skyward Sword, she like pre-recorded a bunch of messages for links like here, hero, have this heart container. It's it's a silly theory. I don't actually care if it's if it's true or not. But uh, uh, yeah, let, let's keep going. Right. Um, so basically, we we I I do believe this to be the origin here that the essentially like the essence of the goddess being time and light gets um, basically inherited by these people. Um, but then in the mural, and this is actually the most unclear shot of the mural to me, and I will explain why, we see our dragon man with seven tears, which a lot of people have um, basically connected to the seven sages. What I think is more interesting is that this shot kind of works two ways. It could either be, we see, we definitely, I don't have the full version here, but we see clouds on the top and mountains at the bottom. So this could either be this person being sent up into the sky, which would connect back to Zelda sitting on the platform on the ground and Link finding it later. But it could also be, and I think actually the lines in the back look like that more, could be them being sent down. Um, kind of like descending from the goddess has sent them or whatever you want to interpret that as. Um, so I'm not completely sure about that, but, and one thing that I was actually literally... Um, but somebody literally talked to me about today, which I think is super interesting. It could be completely off, but I really love this idea. When the logo of the Tears of the Kingdom game forms at the end of the trailer, it kind of forms in this like light, uh, like spark, right? And I actually put that here. And a lot of people have called this tear that at least I have seen on our Dragon Man a prism. And this actually explained potentially a lot of things to me. I was always wondering how would Link possibly be able to use all of these powers if we see tears on other people later. We haven't really talked about this yet, oh, but we see Sidon oh. with a tear and like Tulin with a tear. I see where you're going but with this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What happens if you put if you shine light through a prism? And this is almost what you see here. You see these different colors that are almost reminiscent of tears we've seen, like green, like the wind, blue, like the water. Maybe that prism, the power of light, is basically something that allows Link to use all of these powers. And this is what happens in Breath of the Wild. Link can use, like, Daruk's power, Obosa's power. He's able to do that. Um, so I thought that was an interesting detail. Now, the seven tiers and the potential of an eighth, because we haven't really talked about Ganon yet, are still a very, like, much a mystery. In fact, we haven't even seen some of them at all yet. We've just seen this uh, potential of there being seven tiers. Um, at least, at least in this shot, you can not really see the top one, but there's actually seven. Um, but this is kind of like the framework I work on. There's these two very important people, and then maybe the uh, light dragon, which I will show in the next gra graphic, um, get, or maybe even both of them get to elect even more important people that show up in the trailers where we see like a Rito behind them and potentially a, a Gerudo uh, person who are like, they are to protect the kingdom. So one of the interesting things that I, that I, in the shot with this character, the one, the one where we see him, uh, the dragon guy, uh, right. there are characters behind it. And mm -hmm. looking at those characters behind them, they're, they're, I initially thought, didn't really even look at them. I thought, okay, they're probably other dragon people. Like it's maybe Dinral in, in human form or something like that. But when you look at them, it's clear that one of them is a Rito. And there's a yeah. there's a Gerudo there in the background, um, and you can't see them very well, but you do notice that that um, they have uh, champion weapons 
Uh, yeah, in fact, the same one, some of the White, is exactly the Great Eagle Bone, the Scimitar of the Seven. Right. So, so either he's in the present, you know, and those are, mm -hmm. are our champions, or he's t at 10,000 years ago and uh, with those champions, or like there are the champions existed even further back and, uh, and represented like the seven sages of, of like wherever, whenever this time happened to be. Right. Well, I believe personally that this is essentially a shot that we see later, but in the past. Okay. So later on, we see like Reju, Sidon, Tulan, and a mysterious Goron champion like Storm into battle, mm -hmm. presumably led by Link. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that's the equivalent of that, but in the past, the uh, Dragon Man leading the army of Arito, Gerudo, potentially Goron, yes. and Zora uh, against the fight to whatever was the ancient evil they dealt with back then. Yes. And that would explain um, all of those all those races uh, existing in in that time. Like they they all in the trailer, you see a bunch of Zonai architecture mixed with uh, their individual cultures' architecture. So there's there's you know uh, Zora areas, but they're in the Sky Islands, and there's there's Zonai lamps in them, even though the, the architecture is very Zora. So it seems like the Zonai uh, pro proliferated across the world, uh, and and you know, helped other cultures and elevated them and gave them a lot of their magic. Right. One thing, um, and you mentioned the Zonai here that I kind of want to elaborate on a little bit more, um, is kind of like explaining who this tribe really is. Because I personally don't really think of them as like a specific, like new tribe or race anymore. Um, and this is again where the potential event of these islands at one point being sent into the sky could be important. Okay. So basically, I believe in the time that Zelda has ended up in, these sky islands don't exist yet. You can't really see them in the shot that we are looking at um, and even in the other shots in the background. And it seems like the island sh she is sitting on is still on the ground. I believe the people, like just all of the people that were living in Hyrule then were just that. They were just people. I don't think... There might have, there might have been uh, Ritos and Gorons and like we just basically mentioned, right? Um, which also makes... puts what we discussed previously where Skyward Sword was maybe in a completely distant past in this previous Hyrule makes that interesting because I believe they didn't even technically exist back then. For example, the Gerudo. They seem to only have been around in this world. Maybe those were around, but I believe um, that's kind of how I think of it now, that there were also Hylians, and these Hylians essentially split into three groups. I think part of them, and, and the, the Zonai ruins that we see, I believe, are built by a specific, amount, a specific type of people who presumably worship this dragon man, um, which is why they erected all of these like dragon statues. But... One potential way to explain the mysterious vanishing if, is if these people were the ones who were actually sent with these islands. Um, I think Zonai, as far as I know, is derived from Nazo, which essentially just means mystery. So instead of describing a tribe, it might just describe what happened to them. Maybe those were the people who built some of these statues, but essentially went on to leave this kingdom with these sky islands to build things like the constructs and maybe 
other technology or whatever. And I don't know if we'll ever meet them again. Um, maybe we meet them in the past. But I don't really think of them anymore as like a different, like mysterious race. I just think of them as people who went up with these Sky Islands. And you've talked about, I think, the interesting, and maybe it's actually, this is probably a good time to uh, talk about the appearance of Dragon Man a little bit more, that they, like, for sure, essentially have a Sheikah eye on their forehead, literally. And um, if we, I, I said maybe there were just people back in this time, and they went on to split into three different groups. One being the Zonai who went up with the Sky Islands, which is which explains their mysterious vanishing. Maybe maybe just normal Hylians. They could have also like just showed up later, but those could be the people on the surface. And I believe this game is gonna really focus on the connection of the Sheikah with the underground. Um, not only have we seen in multiple places where there was once Sheikah shrines, these like Malice Chasm underground holes. A lot of people have theorized that these new towers have some connection to the underground. And the Sheikah themselves has have kind of been they've been described as the, the shadow tribe or whatever, which would have another tie-in with those. So the Sheikah also have this eye on their forehead, which makes me believe that not only the Zonai worship this dragon hero, but the Sheikah did too. They like painted this eye on their forehead because this was a, a person that was important to them. It's the whole and symbol. The whole symbol of the tribe exactly. is the eye. And um, even if you go to Breath of the Wild, it seems like the Sheikah had something to do with underground uh, technology. Their, their towers were underground. We had to get them from underground at first. The Sheikah shrines were literally rising from underground. And Link in Breath of the Wild was essentially the, she the Sheikah's chosen hero. Like The Sheikah didn't necessarily choose him, but the Sheikah had seemed him to be, and this would again explain the potential connection between him and the dragon that seemed to be important to them. He was the one that was able to enter these shrines. He was the one that was able to rise the towers up. The Sheikah recognized him as a hero. And maybe they also recognized this dragon person as a hero, which is um, interesting. What color is his eye, do you think? I have no idea. Um, in fact... I guess the Sheikah eye, even the Sheikah eye, I think, changes in color. Like, it's it's seen in blue uh, on the Sheikah slate. I think they draw it on walls as in red. No, I meant, I meant his well. actual eyeball, like his actual normal eyes. In oh, it's, it's exactly the same color as Link. Okay. I already compared yeah. it. It's like both, like this light blue that they both have. Okay. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it just, it doesn't make, okay. The, the Sheikah thing is weird because when you make a symbol, like... This guy just has an eyeball. Like that's just his right. eye. Like that, it, it's not a symbol re representing the Sheikah. You know, it's not a symbol representing no. anything else. That's just his face. That's his actual eye. Exactly. So the Sheikah would have to have been the ones to model their symbol after something Correct. that already exists, which is this guy. So it's it's not the other way around in any by any means. Right, which is why I believe that possibly these people even lived together in this ancient Hyrule. This was their hero. The Sheikah loved him. What happened? What became the Zonai loved him. They built statues after him. And the Hylians is kind of like, I don't know how they necessarily fit in there. I actually don't really know the Hylians' origins in Breath of the Wild, but especially Zonai and Sheikah both seem to have some ties to this guy, which is why I believe they lived together, both having this guy as a hero. One part went underground and one in the sky. There's also the the fact that you know Sheikah technology. The Sheikah were the ones that had all the nice technology. They they made it all, and it has really like clear 
uh, at least aesthetic connections to the Sonai uh, technology. Um, so it would make sense that the Sheikah have it if they have some kind of connection to the Zonai. Maybe the Zonai originated it and the Sheikah adapted it um, for their own purposes. But that, that doesn't matter. Keep going. Right. No, I think that's actually a, a great point because I believe the Zonai uh, structures are much, much older than even the Sheikah shrines, which were described to be built 10,000 years ago. Right. Um, I think the Zonai structures come from a time that's before... Zelda even arrives, potentially where these skylands lift up. But maybe later on the Sheikah go um, to to these 10,000-year-old Sheikah go on to build shrines inside them because they were f essentially from their people. And this is actually what I want to talk about next, this graphic here on the left. Um, a lot of people have tried to connect this Zonai dragon man um, to the tapestry from Breath of the Wild, which talks about events that basically happened 10,000 years ago, right. which was, I think, the first calamity that ever showed up. But in that time, we see guardians, we see divine beasts, we see champions, and there is somewhat of a resemblance. Like, it almost looks like it could be, and this is what I thought came across nicely here, some someone that's, like, in between Link mm -hmm. and the Dragon Man. But maybe this is exactly what happened. People have also pointed out that the sword looks similar to the fuse icon, which doesn't necessarily have to mean anything, but... If this dragon hero is the origin, then maybe this was just a version much later who fulfilled the same role back then, and then Link is basically our current iteration of that hero. I have heard theories recently that um, it looks a little too much like the Link on the right, uh, it, that it looks really like the Link of the right. The, the hair is loose, the, uh, the, the he seems to have like a garb that flows and it's draped backwards, and he has like a his hand is golden maybe maybe recalling either the right the light room or the invoking the the recall rune or something like that and so since we know that there is time travel i've had some people suspect that maybe there's time travel shenanigans where this link is actually the ten thousand year ago hero link that goes back in the past for for some purpose uh do you have any i don't think that's the case but do you have any thoughts on that i mean it, it kind of works both ways i think the, even if this is true and this hero is using like recall right now, this could just be that even this hero potentially needed the power mm. of our dragon person. I personally am, there's one shot in the trailer which I think confuses me the most right now and opens up a lot of implications for gameplay, is that Link at one point is inside Hyrule Castle Sanctum, which is a place that I know very well in speedruns that's basically where you spend half your time killing blights and it's destroyed normally and i don't believe it to be very different because we've seen that the castle outskirts pretty much look still the same but it also doesn't look ancient it doesn't look like a hundred thousand years ago it looks pretty much exactly a hundred years ago mm. around the time where link was there to be like knighted as a champion so that implies that there is definitely going to be not only these two times where we are in the super ancient past and now but there is some more jumping around could be flashbacks that could be actually being present there so my i don't i, I mm -hmm. actually don't think that like I, I people push back on me on this but i don't understand why because it makes it makes the most sense i i just think that that's a restored hyrule castle that you can restore in current time and the reason that i think that is because link is standing in it, it it's a cutscene. It, it he's like he's looking around it's clearly something that that's happening in a cutscene, and it's sparkly like there's sparkly effects those those effects or look to me like it's just a representation. Oh, look, you finally cleared up a Skyro Castle. You you 
put in enough resources to to make it nice and clean up the tapestries and make and and you know rebuild it. You, it's all finally fixed now. Um, and so after after this cutscene, the sparkly effects I think will just disappear, and you'll be able to walk around Hyrule Castle. Uh, that that's uh, that's what I think. But do you believe it to be like still in the air by this point? No, or what does no. It be like after the game, I think I think Hyrule Castle is not the end area. I think you can clear it uh, at, at at a certain point, and it'll go back down once you clear it, and it it'll be on the ground. Okay, yeah, no, and in, in that from that perspective, I can see it. I can see that happening, and I also would be honestly disappointed if Hyrule Castle was the end point of the game again, and that's where you gotta go to beat the game. Right. Um. But uh, I'm that hoping... would be an easy explanation because I feel like otherwise it gets pretty complicated. If there's also like a 100 timeline, right? Years ago, that's blah, too blah, much. Blah. That's too much. Um, I'm hoping that we don't know where we need to go. Uh, actually, let me ask you this: Do you think that we're gonna know where we need to? Like in Breath of the Wild, we had our our goal: go beat Calamity again, and it was obvious to anybody that played you could just go to the castle and beat Calamity again, and if you if you wanted to. Um, but Zelda says, Link, please, I need you to find me. I'm hoping we don't actually know where... I'm, I'm hoping that that implies that we don't know where to go. And we're just told to go wander and, and figure out mm -hmm. what, we need to, what we need to do as we, as we play and talk to people. Yeah, I, I like that idea a lot. And again, even though I speedrun games, I actually would love not being able to go straight to the final boss again. Mm. Just because it would be a similar thing again. Um, and... Uh, that would pretty much tie into this. This is also going back to what I said about having the world potentially created around progression would be interesting to me, that you need to have certain upgrades to reach certain places. There should, in my opinion, still be some freedom. You should be able to, oh, I want to see what the Rito are up to. I want to see what the Zora uh, Zoras are up to. And I believe there might be... There's probably going to be a certain, not necessarily direction on, onto this is where you have to go, but on your main goal. I, I think the first time Link will find Zelda is actually pretty early on. It might not be finding her, but like a re recalled message when you get to the end of that sky plateau and eventually reach that platform. Right. I believe we do get to converse with her. And I actually also believe that um, any sort of backstory and cutscene dump will only happen back then. I think the game will actually start once again pretty much without much explanation i have this like theory um that is like my dream opening to the game where essentially we just wake up again with link's uh, eyes opening and then you see like his flowing hair but instead of being in the shrine of resurrection this time he's on the back of this new dragon that we see flying around <laughs> the uh, the the sky plateau potentially carrying through this like mysterious cloud barrier that the dragons go through sometimes which from a gameplay perspective could also be the reason that we are stuck on this place at first. We can't leave yet because there's a barrier until we meet up with Zelda, get this main direction, maybe get some backstory. And then I also hope that it's just kind of like, well, this is the problem. Um, we have to find these tears. You figure it out. Yeah, I also... I, I, I have no problem with long, burdensome cutscenes. I like them. Uh, I, I know mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like them, but I, I, I do like them. They make they hype me up. But I don't think we're going to get them. Uh, because Onuma famously hates that, and he's he's the producer on the game, and he's in charge. Like he, if he says it, it it goes. So um, yeah. so I, I know he hates him, and I know he's fought with the director about this before. Uh, and Skyward Sword's cutscenes, when they when they actually had the discussion, were panned by by you know critics by by players. It's one of the reasons Skyward Sword isn't um, as well looked on as other ones because yeah, that yeah. early those early cutscenes were just brutal. <laughs> 
Uh, so I don't think we're gonna. I think you're right. I don't know if it's gonna be on the back of the dragon. That'd be cool. But I think we are just gonna wake up in that area. We're gonna open those right. those doors and we're gonna go out into the skylands and jump off into the Great Plateau, and just just start doing things. Um, Great Plateau in the sky. Pretty much on the same page there. And I would also again like uh, to just be exploring and figuring out what to do but i believe again there's basically probably going to be this main plot that zelda sets um right sets us up with and i believe that plot is going to be something along the lines of you have to find new people to take the roles of these ancient people behind dragon man yes to do the same thing again yes and uh i i mean um do i did i have something more specific about this i don't know but um basically what i hope these dungeons to be i think you discussed this in the previous video and if they're actually dungeons if these are the dungeons or reimagination of them i basically believe those to be um yeah taking our taking our candidates to become these new heroes and having them with us to make sure uh, they are worthy worthy of these powers or something along those lines like actually literally take Sidon up there in whatever form I'm still not sure because they have this like blue energy if they're summoned there yeah. some people have even talked about the fact that this could be some sort of sacred realm equivalent um, and they can't actually physically be there but maybe mentally which I think is extremely interesting because I, I think you saw Monster Mace's video on the Triforce I think you talked about that right uh, I saw most of it. Uh, I saw the part about the Silent Realm. Yeah, and I think... Uh, sorry, I, did, I, I hope I said Silent Realm because that's what I meant. Yes. Um, I also said Sacred Realm the... when I meant si Silent Realm in a video, I think, and uh, I didn't realize until much later. Yeah, yeah it, it happens easily. But essentially, what I think would be really interesting is that Link is actually able to physically enter these places, but these champions have to be there mentally... And they have to kind of like how Link had to do it in Skyward Sword or whatever, be worthy of this power, awaken the power in them by like being there mentally or whatever. I think it's a pretty cool concept. And what I think is extremely cool about this is that not only do we see Sidon and um, whatchamacallit, Tulin or whatever show up in these places, but I think this actually opens up a potential in which there's like some sort of time temple where Zelda's our companion. So she might actually be playable, but she might be our companion for that specific dungeon or whatever have you heard the theories that the, that this might imply multiplayer uh i've heard i've heard people talking about look uh you have these weird particle effects on them maybe they're controllable with a second controller or or uh via the via the internet there and uh oh and there's some people that are like oh, look they, they've been um <laughs> they've been shutting down the multiplayer mod for breath of the wild people they i think they uh they demonetized a bunch of videos for multiplayer mod related content creators uh, it says like oh well maybe they don't want it they don't want competition for <laughs> tears of the kingdom <clears throat> I, I actually hadn't made that connection yet i'm obviously aware of the situation uh going on but um that's an interesting connection i personally always saw them more as like your like companions your like elden ring summons right um but at the same time they obviously hopefully have done that correctly a lot of people think that you might have to kind of command them around even for some of the puzzles in these and i think that could end up backfiring i don't know how fun that's going to be to play i like, don't i don't uh, know uh about that because it, it it's a restriction and 
I don't th- I don't think Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are about restrictions. I I, I fundamentally yeah. there are some restrictions that are good, but some of them aren't. What, what I think I like about the companions is that they seem quite competent. Like when you when like when when you're with Tulin, he almost doesn't seem like he's physical. You know, like he follows you immediately around. Like you see him flying with uh, next to you in one scene, uh, and he seems like he's just almost like a. It doesn't look like he'll be slowing down and getting away from you and being yeah. like he seems like he's going to always be right there. Like no matter where you are, he's like oriented around you. He's not going to slow down at all. Uh, I don't think they're going to slow you down from from right. looking at him. No, and and I believe what you said again is spot on. I don't actually believe they even are there physical. Um, this could either be through summon or through again it them being like mentally there or whatever right to support you but um i i, I also really think that um their role is probably going to be a little bit less important than some people believe i don't think multiplayer i don't think uh, a lot of puzzle solving will be revolving around them they're probably just going to be there as like a support and that's pretty much it i'm thinking that um well i think i mentioned this in my dungeon video that i made recently and i just think i i, I believe that it, the thing is going to revolve around Okay, you go into Zora Domain, you realize that Zora Domain has mud in it, you know, it's it's all mm-hmm. polluted. Uh, actually, someone made a very interesting connection in my comment sections um, with all of the Studio Ghibli films. Like, Princess Monoke uh, has to do with, um, I think, pollution. And so, like, mm-hmm. so they, they uh, talked about that in, in pollution. And there's a um, Laputa City in the Sky, and that has to do with, with Sky Islands. Okay, Sky Islands. And then there's um, another one that has to do with they they made a connection um to a oh yeah the underground forest the underground uh nausicaa in the valley of the wind there's an underground uh poisonous forest and there's there's a underground forest and there's malice in it apparently it's like okay like that's that's actually pretty cool that that might be worth checking out and looking into if there's other I, connections to studio ghibli I, films i need to yeah i need to rewatch that movie like i've, I've seen comparisons with the designs uh, of the princess and Zelda's new design that are basically exactly the same. Like it's just they didn't even try to hide it. Essentially, I actually that's actually my favorite one. I love Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. That's my favorite um, Hayao Miyazaki film. My favorite Studio Ghibli film. Yeah, definitely gonna have to rewatch some of those. Um, but I, I see that connection as well. But I, I think you were talking about how you find these polluted places, or for example, right, right, right. The, you, the storm in Hebrew. Yeah, you'll find the storm in Hebrew. You'll find the, and then you'll take Tolan up in there. Uh, you'll find the the Zora domain. You're you're trying to solve a problem in the domain, and then as you as you're solving the problem, you'll realize where uh, the tear is. Like you, you won't know, uh, I think, initially, or you'll have to do like even in Breath of the Wild, this was a, a requirement. You had to go do things to prepare to get into the Divine Beast, and then you had to do a a quest to get into the Divine Beast, and then you can actually enter the dungeon right. proper. Uh, I think it's going to be exactly like that. Um, they if they even adopted that that system for Breath of the Wild, there's, I think they'll do something similar. But it might be more widespread, uh, so that you have to do various things, go to various skylines, shut off the, the muck in uh in the zora area and then through the process of going through this stuff with sidon uh maybe with small cutscenes interspersed between them uh you'll he'll you'll find the tier either a a dungeon will appear in the proper dungeon and you'll go into it and then get the tier or the whole thing will be a dungeon and the tier will be at the end he'll get the tier you'll get the power of the tier because you have the light tier uh because you Mm -hmm. have the arm um and you'll be able to use that power as well and then, you know, Sidon will get the crown from his dad and be crowned king. Uh, uh, and then you'll move on to, a, to another area and, and do the same thing for, uh, for all of them. 
potentially up to six or seven of them because there, I'm, I'm assuming there are things we don't know about. Maybe there's a, a right. you talked about there, the potential of there being a shadow uh, temple, shadow dragon underneath the ground somewhere. Right, right. Uh, so there might be a dungeon associated with that and a quest line associated with that as well. And we know that those underground caverns are actually way bigger than, than we thought. Absolutely. Um, so there, I'm thinking there's six or seven dungeons uh, following this trend. Probably. That, that sounds pretty much spot on. All right. Uh, was there was there other stuff that you wanted to... Yeah, I, I was going to say, maybe I just wanted to... just to, And people will continue to be critical of this, but I think we already pointed out a bunch of different connections between Link and this Dragon Man. I, I kind of like showed them up. Uh, with I, I, people told me a lot, and I completely agree with this, that their ears are very, very reminiscent of almost like moth antennas. They seem to be like moving and stuff like that. And we already talked about the light here, and then potentially being uh, somewhat um, connected to light. If you actually play Breath of the Wild and you open the first door in the game, Zelda tells Link that he you are is the light, the light oh, and yeah. like Hyrule's light. Um, Another connection. I also, and this is actually something that I see people get confused about, but if you watch the trailer, there's a voice that happens that basically talks to Zelda. And the the part of what was interesting to me is eventually Zelda goes on to say Link when this person touches her. But her lips, no matter what voice acting you watch, essentially just she just she just opens her mouth, kind of like she's shocked. So I don't believe at least the Link part is spoken during that moment. And I'm also not entirely certain if our Dragon Man is talking during this moment or if this is even our Dragon Man's voice in general. Okay. I, I made this comparison between these two pictures. Obviously, this is just like, it just works out perfectly. But I believe that if there's this connection, there's still a chance for this person to not even talk in the first place, as this would still, if they were connected. And again, even the way that person speaks in the trailer... They they know about Link and him being a knight, and they know about the Master Sword, which, if there was the time travel shenanigan, may have literally just reached this entire timeline. It might have not existed back then. Maybe another version of the Master Sword exists back then. But I think it's at least still possible that they did some confusing there, and we'll talk about another big confusion uh, and with the editing of the trailer. That's a possibility that I wanted to point out. We already talked about the connection to the logo. And then this, to me was also the biggest one if Zelda just met this person and she isn't actually saying Link in this particular moment which if people rewatch the trailer they will see she literally is more like shocked she's like the typical anime like you know maybe um, during the scene but she also basically perfectly the second this person touches her starts to blush her yeah. eyes widen it's almost like she recognizes someone I always thought this was interesting in the sense of like maybe she recognizes this person's spirit and feels reminded of Link. So I actually think the the exact same thing because uh, I I noted <laughs> I actually pointed out this out in my in my video. She has her eyes shaking in the early parts of this. Like she's looking down. She's not looking at his face. She's just mm -hmm. looking down. Like she doesn't know who this guy is. She doesn't recognize him. Maybe she hasn't met him before. And she looks like her eyes shaking. Like she's afraid. And then he puts right. her arm on her and then she starts, she like does a little blush and like looks up at him. Like she recognizes that this is Link's spirit. Like this is like, uh, right. that, that's, that's the assumption that I've made uh, so far. Actually in this picture on the left, it looks more it, like, it, it looks more obvious, like the moth uh, parallels that you're drawing. It's, it's not as clear in the picture on the right, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah but it, it looks, it looks a lot like the moth ears that you mentioned. Uh, what right, I, right. There's, I, there was another connection I wanted to draw between them. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. In, in the picture on the left, there he's with the other girl that people have thought is Hylia mm-hmm. that I assume is, is past Zelda. So they have, they're both there. They have a connection. Um, it seems very much in line with with the idea that the, this is the old spirit of the hero and the old Zelda is correct. Right. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that person next because I completely agree that that's where um, this entire belief was strengthened for me because this seemed like, again, he was kind of, his body language was kind of like, oh yeah, he's just mute thinking and the princess is actually the one talking. So I was immediately reminded of some journey that Zelda and Link would be on where she would be talking to the the lighting there looks a lot like Korok Forest. This is not clear, but she would be maybe talking to the Deco tree and Link slash Dragon Man would just be "Mm -hmm," thinking and probably doing some some body language but um i did want to point out one thing that i thought was interesting i have already stated and i actually have oops i've included the shot um here where i i did actually um figure out one thing that i thought was interesting which is the location that this princess which i believe is a princess is on when she fires that laser, Mount it's actually called Mount Hylia in mm. uh, in Breath of the Wild, which could have been potentially named after this event. But for pretty much a lot of other reasons, I also believe that this is the equivalent of um, Zelda and the timeline that we played in Breath of the Wild and are partially playing in now. Uh, again, comparing them. Obviously, they don't look exactly the same, but evidently the Dragon Man doesn't look anything like Link. And even in previous games these heroes and princes don't always look the same. Uh, the princesses especially, I think it's more clear on those usually. Um, yes, they could have just went for different designs, but I, I really do believe, for the reasons we've already stated, that this is the equivalent of the princess in this timeline. Potentially the first one that existed in this version of Hyrule. Now, one thing that is still extremely confusing to me, and strange, is the shot of this, potentially this person, in the mural. I am... Um, have included here in the top right. Many people have made the connection that oh, this shot shows Zelda falling in the the the, the shot we've seen multiple times where they discover Ganondorf's corpse underground. But that doesn't make any sense to me from pretty much any perspective because one, there's basically there was basically always two options about this mural. One, it's like a prophecy, or two, it's history, and this doesn't work either way because if it's a prophecy. The prophecy, that's kind of the point of how prophecies work. They see the future. They would have predicted that Zelda doesn't have long hair or like this dress on in this scene. And if it's the future, that also, uh, the history, that also doesn't work. But if it's the history, which I think this entire mural depicts, then this is kind of interesting. If you look at this full shot, we can see a figure on her right there, right. which closely resembled somebody who looks uh, like Ganondorf, at least the Ganondorf that shows up later in the shot. Yeah. And she's kind of like over this pit of malice, kind of like sh- looking like a, some sort of sacrifice happening at this time. So I'm trying to figure out when this shot takes place. I don't know if we have a happy ending for this princess, if she actually falls in this timeline, literally gets sacrificed for some reason. Let me, um, let me ask you something. Yeah. Do you think that... Okay, so here in the bottom right picture, when Zelda gets sent into the past, do you think that happens before Ganondorf attacks the Zonai or after Ganondorf attacks the Zonai? Yeah, I'm still not completely sure about that. The only what makes me believe that this happens before 
is again, uh, and this this might be me getting baited by potentially trying to draw a Skyward Sword connection, but in in that time, um, in that uh, intro to Skyward Sword, these the, the the islands were ascended to the sky during that attack mm. to protect um, the power from the evil forces or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Um, Zelda kind of having like her audience with this hero person and them not showing up anywhere um, makes me believe that it might also be after. That's something I'm actually not completely sure about. I'm not, what do you I'm, believe? I don't know. Um, I do notice that we never see Zelda, the hero, and the other Zelda together in the same shot. So mm-hmm. my my very early speculation is maybe this is the past the attack has already happened um and this zelda this person over here in the bright top right is the zelda and she was killed she was uh uh you know defeated uh she got locked up or sealed away somehow and this is depicting uh, ganondorf uh, casting her into the malice or something she seems to be floating or levitating um he got her and that's why she has long hair um and then zelda shows up into in after those events and uh the the old hero is trying to help her um rectify events in the distant future it's not uh, this is actually what i like about this this trailer so much because that there are a lot of legitimate explanations for <laughs> for a lot of what what happens and they're mm-hmm. not they're very few things are are completely unreasonable um but that's that's one possibility that i'm thinking of right one thing that i just thought of though is and this could still both possibilities are still um there maybe she does get defeated by ganondorf or sacrificed or whatever and zelda actually ends up in a time where this onslaught is ongoing Mm. but one thing that's interesting obviously is that the dragon man seems to have eventually went on to seal ganondorf yes so i i believe i don't know if this is this puts him in some sort of stasis if this is just what he does from there because if it is then zelda would arrive before that event right because she's still able to like converse with him right well if he is put into stasis then he wouldn't have been able to carry link right you you meant well unless that stasis breaks unless that's okay. unsealed. okay right so you don't think that he's still uh, in his arm when link is is controlling it. you think that he's released and he's both in link's arm and uh able to to move around in the world yeah how exactly um link actually gets possessed or whatever or obtains the arm is obviously also still unclear i believe that in the present the dragon hero will only show up in a dragon form which i don't know if that's actually physically him or if this is just like a spirit okay like of him being like still around protecting the sky plateau or the sky islands or whatever you want to call him at this point um but yeah, I, I also don't even know how the ceiling actually happened in the first place. I think it's a little bit too unclear to draw conclusions. I think both is possible. Um, I think a lot of people want to see Zelda meet Zelda, but maybe this would also then cause some like paradoxes or whatever. Um, I think that's a bit unclear still. <laughs> maybe she got sent... Uh, I don't actually think this, but maybe she got sent to the future <laughs> hanging out with the other Link. Right. I mean, yeah, I, that, that's kind of the impression I got at first until people pointed out that um, that laser shot happens on like a Zonai looking and like different plateau. Right. Right. Um, so I so I believe that it, it's possible that this ancient princess will only show up in flashbacks and memories. Memory or cutscenes. We'll actually see her there. But I almost feel like this is more hinting towards Zelda. The one thing that also bothers me, though, is because when she does arrive, it doesn't necessarily seem very 
hectic or panic, panic, panic-like. I guess it doesn't in Breath of the Wild. Like, if you play the game, you don't necessarily get the feeling that the world is ending. Um, but that kind of makes me think that when she arrives, either it hasn't started yet or it's already dealt with. Right. But I don't believe it can be dealt with because, again, I believe the uh, dragon hero is the one that has to be there when it's dealt with and then probably stay there because his hand is still there in the present. So what, what? How do you how do you resolve the other Zelda um, issue? Like, do you think that she's just not around in any of the scenes that we see? Um, I think that's the most likely. Okay. One, yeah, that she probably has done her part, uh, and even that that could even like. Okay, so I already talked about the possibility of. Um, Actually, this is interesting because I already talked about the possibility of that voice that we hear not being um, the Dragon Man. It could still be his voice and it's something he's actually saying, but it doesn't happen necessarily during this moment. And it is still interesting what they say because they kind of say, okay, you know what, Zelda? Um, We just all put it in Link's hands. Um, If everything else fails, he will like win, right? So it could actually, this makes even more sense to me. Zelda just somehow got back into this time with a recall here, right? I don't exactly know how she did it, but if our ancient princess somehow fell in battle and they lost that tier somehow, I don't know how she would have gotten it back. Maybe from Ganondorf or whatever? Maybe she now she is the missing piece in that timeline to have their plan work, where they seal Ganon until then Link gets to deal with them again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had someone tell me that in the Japanese translation uh, to that line that he says, it's more like, if we fail, Link will be uh, our only hope. So so when you see, when he says last line of defense, he means maybe last line of defense. Like, they're trying to do something. And if they can't deal with it here, then Link will have to deal with whatever's left in the future. Um so that might be what what's happening. I, I can't I can't verify the I don't speak Japanese, but that's what right right. <laughs> but that's... the only thing that immediately comes in my mind that's uh, that that makes even more sense to what I basically just explained. But then then it gets paradoxical again because let's say ancient Zelda was sacrificed by Ganondorf, but now future Zelda is here to play her role and they they devise this plan to deal with the ongoing onslaught or whatever. Mm-hmm. If Zelda is basically involved in the ceiling, then how could she then show up again in the present where he's already sealed? And I, I guess we don't know how the ceiling works. It could be, um, again, this well, is where time travel gets complicated. But yeah. Well, if you're right and this, this happens before the events, like maybe the mural isn't built yet. You know, like maybe the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the mural isn't yet built. So they're still going through the events, which means that, okay, He's defeated past Zelda, but but the you know, he's still around somewhere, but he's not he's not he's not there yet. He's not where the Skylands are. Uh, and then you know Zelda shows up and she seals him along with the old hero. And then you know at the end of Tears of the Kingdom, she goes back to the future somehow. Right, but then how were Link and Zelda both present with the sealed Ganon? Because she didn't go back in time until after they met the sealed Ganon. She didn't go back in time until they met. So they 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 meet they see Ganon. they see sealed Ganon. Uh, she right. she picks up the recall tier. Then they see then they see sealed Ganon. And then sealed Ganon sees them unseals. Uh, she falls and then goes back in time. 
and then the events of uh, Tears of the Kingdom happen, uh, and then at the end, when Link is done with everything, she somehow warps back into the future. Uh, a distant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I can see how that, that works out. I guess that's a possibility. But then again, we also don't necessarily know how the sealing process even works. Is, right. it, is it like them combined sealing, sealing him? Is it like Dragon Man puts his hand down and Zelda uses the power of uh, time to have him be there forever? Maybe she like, just we... waits again. Maybe yeah, she, maybe she just, just waits wait. again. 100,000 years this time. More! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe she's just like she's she's with the arm as well uh or, or maybe she yeah maybe she is the arm maybe she's with you the whole time she's the arm uh and that's why the dragon is able to fly around and she's in the arm and uh and then at the end of it she'll she'll leave and the arm and she'll be a person again so the entire time oh god <laughs> It's possible. Yeah. I, I, I think actually after having talked to you now, I believe that uh, when Zelda arrives there, that the ancient princess is no longer there. Okay. And she basically full, she basically plays her role. And the implications are that, yeah, Ganondorf literally sacrificed her. Actually, I heard people talk about that sacrifice in general, that I think first time the mice showed up there was like a sacrifice of the goddess maybe this is like part of the process for ganondorf to reach is like the mice blood the mice. moon part. i mean yeah even if you think about it the blood moon could be could be appearing through this blood sacrifice or something like that i just had a thought um you've seen ganondorf uh the art with ganondorf where he has a tear and the tear is yeah. discolored it's not it's not red yet correct um and in fact in the cutscene that we see um in the, in the main cutscene where he's powering up, if you look at that tier, that tier actually isn't red in that cutscene, and it, it doesn't become red in the entire cutscene. Uh, it doesn't turn red. So, like, we could, we could watch it. it right. uh, it's it's still discolored and, and faintly yellow um, the entire time. And so, exactly. I was, and so I was thinking, what if <laughs> that's the recall tier? Um, uh, I just thought about this, like, right now, w w talking to you. What if that's the recall tier, and he got that from... Um, ancient princess ancient princess zelda and so there's two recall tears at a time uh like zelda comes back and she has a recall tier because she used it to recall back into the past ganondorf has a tier because he took it from the ancient princess and it's not yonobo's tier like a lot of people are um suspecting yeah, yeah, yeah. uh maybe he also gets you know his tier uh but maybe it's it turns red at some point due to the malice influence but it like the entire sequence here it doesn't turn it doesn't change color it's still a discolored yellow even when you're looking at him straight in the face Exactly. I, I, I can definitely see that. The only issue is how do we get a recall here again in the present? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he kept it. That, that's how he's, he was sealed with it. Um, oh, oh, and how, how do we get Zelda's recall here? Ma oh, oh, oh. She wait, puts wait, it down. She what puts if, it down. But, but. No, no, no. But, but actually, so what if the recall here turned into some sort of like malice tier or whatever back then because ganondorf is possessing it now but when zelda touches it again ah. it's the spirit of the princess turning it back into a recall tier oh i see so she takes that's maybe that's what unseals it maybe she takes it from him uh, that, could, that could literally be the reason yeah she, he's unsealed because the, it turns back into a recall tier and then um yeah that, that's possible i think so this is something that i just also thought of um in the early uh, wait actually also real quick just to when he does rise up it does look like he still has a tear in his head but yeah, just Okay, think. okay. So yeah, when he rises up, um it does look like he has a tear in his head, but you know how they changed the horns of the uh monsters to be to 
to be like in the early right. trailers they had they had a specific kind of horn they all look like moblin horns right uh, right and then they changed them in later trailers to look like the what they're actually going to look like in game oh i see where you're going so i'm thinking in the in the early footage trailers you see ganondorf and he has like just a large brown circular thing on his head um mm-hmm. i'm thinking maybe uh they changed it and he actually has the tear on his head and that's part of what what is sealing him so zelda goes up to him grabs the tear uh and that, and then the events uh, of that cutscene play. Maybe they've they've made slight alterations to it because they've been working on this game for a really long time. I don't buy that those horns uh, were actually what were in development. Uh, I think they changed the horns on purpose for that trailer uh, to to not give people the idea that we're going to use weapon crafting yet. They didn't want people to know that yet. Uh, so in the very earliest trailer when they first started, of course they're they're not going to want people to know that if if that was even planned back then. Um, so that that's that's a a thought. <laughs> Let's. No, I I like that thought a lot, and I just looked at the bottom left of like um Ganondorf having this like long horn, which like could tie these like new book hoblins literally back to him as well, mm-hmm. kind of like symbolizing that they are like his creation. Um, I I kind of want to just briefly before we talk about Ganon a little bit more, um, talk about this because I think that's actually extremely interesting, and I think we this might have been a pretty big revelation for me as well because it really makes sense that there always used to be. A recall tier that maybe Ganondorf repurposed and then the events that happen in the present somehow make it so that it turns back into a recall tier that then Zelda takes back into th- back in time back to the point where they needed it I, I think that's extremely interesting hmm. because it makes sense uh here in this um in the shot you have here where, where he seems to be in the Great Plateau Great Plateau is right next to Mount Hylia the 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 ancient Zelda was at Mount Hylia, and now over here you see him at the in the Great Plateau, close to Mount Hylia, and he's like powering up, and he's and he seems to have the tear now. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, one thing that's interesting is that in the official, so so actually, let me ask you a question: Do you believe that we, as a player in the present, ever meet the rehydrated Ganondorf? yes yes okay i i personally at least hope so because i think it would be pretty lame to only deal with the mummy version right um and that's why i want to also talk about the shot in the top left here where um you made a shot about this too in the shot of his right arm you can faintly see mount hylia uh, sorry not mount hylia you can see Hebra Peak, which doesn't seem to have a hole in it yet, when it definitely does in Breath of the Wild. And these events are described in creating a champion as that this yeah. happened from a Divine Beast laser, which shouldn't have been around this time. Yeah, can you point yeah, point at the mountain so people know where where uh right. right there. So you can like kind of see the Colosseum here, Colosseum here, there's a mountain above it, there's a hole here. It doesn't seem to be a hole here. What I think is actually even more interesting is that if this shot right here in the right would be in the present, then we might not see Hyrule Castle, but if you look at the mountains, there's like these two mountains. These are the two mountains. Castle should show up somewhere here. If it's flying, we should at least see the Malice. Yeah. So either Hyrule Castle wasn't around at all, something else was there in place. We don't know for sure, but it seems to be also missing. Now, in the shot of his left arm, and this is really interesting. So the point, hang on, the point you're making in, in mm-hmm. the right arm is that that's, this is in the past. The, the hole's not there right. yet. The, the castle's not there yet. That's the past. All right, keep going. That's definitely in the past. Now, people have been kind of undecided on this, but they could have made this extremely sneaky cut where 
the shot plays of the right hand, immediately the one on the left hand thinking this is the same scene, but there's actually some interesting points that it might not be. First of all, the plateau on the shot of the left arm is the exact same structure we see in Breath of the Wild, a plateau wall that's presumably been destroyed by either of the two calamities that definitely haven't happened here yet, because there's not even a hole in the mountain, which means not even the calamity from 10,000 years ago, which was the first one, has happened. Um, now, people said this could be an oversight. I think Nintendo's usually pretty good and they wouldn't place the same wall in that shot unless they did it intentionally to confuse us. But I believe what we see in the bottom shot is Ganondorf's new revival in the present that Link has to deal with. I'm not exactly sure how the same... Because this this uh, structure is not there in Breath of the Wild, right? This is right on top of the Shrine of Resurrection. Um, how this, this could have been fallen down from the sky, somehow recalled or whatever. Um... But there's also, by the way, a Zonai shrine uh, that briefly shows up here with the ring, which we've at least seen exist in the present. Which makes it look like it's it's in the present. So, mm -hmm. assuming everything like this, assuming it's not a uh, a oversight by Nintendo, and, right. and assuming that uh, they weren't just fucking with us, um, right? The shrine, the shrine is like big evidence that this is a playable area. Um, mm -hmm. So. There's two possibilities that I can think of right now that 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 aren't. If I if I was going to resist your theory, there's two there's two ways that I would think of it. Maybe okay. Link, uh, assuming both shots are the same shot and both shots are in the past, maybe Link's goes to the past, um, <laughs> and and walks around like that's that's actually the only way I can I can think of to wiggle yeah. out of your of your situation here, or or, um. The they those ruins were ancient even back then. Uh, the Great Plateau was old uh, and and crumbly and decrepit even back then. And the reason why this structure that's in front of him isn't there is because it it also like decayed and, and went away over over time. Right. Um, I think for the second theory. That one is the less likely one, mainly because these holes seem to be like exactly the same, which would be very convenient that they broke. Like it goes down, up, down, up, and it goes down, up, down, up. Here is like the exact same way of breaking, which I guess could technically be possible. But the bigger point is that we actually see great plateau walls in the Zonai design, not only when our ancient princess is standing on them, but also when there's like this blood moon, like meteor shower where they look completely different than the wall designs. They definitely have a Zonai great plateau wall design. So if it's, if it's not an oversight, they would have put that there instead, if it was the past. Um, and it being a playable area, I guess there's still an option. And I want to talk about that like a little bit more, um, that there's actually more than that you actually can go in, in the past. There, there's a couple shots um, that were pretty suspicious to me. We don't exactly know the nature of these like Zonai towers yet, but especially in these open wide shots around the Zora's domain area where we have the orb and stuff, the ground looks like suspiciously empty and like suspiciously different. Like there's no sign of a green glyph. There's no sign of a single tower. There's no sign. And it could also be people talk about render distance a lot, which is actually a real point. Like things are definitely going to be loading in a little bit later in this game than they did in Breath of the Wild because there's just so much more stuff to it. But I think there's some other interesting shots where um, it looks like there might be like two different times that you can actually play in. Um, but that's not, uh, there's no like, like this is what confirms it or whatever. But there's some interesting shots um, that seem to 
at least maybe hint towards it. I think it's the other one of uh, where does this happen to ten? Um, no, see, see here it's actually good because here you can see like a tower is visible from pretty far that's a really, away. That's a like, really long distance. That's a really long. And they're distance. not like being yeah, yeah, and they're not being a single one anything. Not like I, I believe there might not even be malice holes yet. No, um, I don't see them in the other shot. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're if if that theory is correct and you can travel in time, and then you can look at the map and see the map being completely that changes everything. Like that, that's it would. That's stupid amounts of of uh, of content. Two worlds like overlapped on top of each other in different times. I almost had given up hope on that um, because it just it says so. Just the idea of it's too much. It's like oh wow. <laughs> it's like it's yeah, like. But at the same time. I feel like it's not that impossible because they already have that, like, they always have that baseline high rule and they just, they, I mean, I'm actually not a programmer, so it might still be a humongous amount of work, but I feel like with that baseline, it's something that's more realistic that, yeah, okay, now there's a structure here that, where there previously wasn't one and now there's a, there's something here that previously wasn't there, but. Do you yeah. think uh, that we'll be able to, like, go from one world to another quick uh, assuming that this this is, is true like like uh, obviously we don't know but assuming that this actually is true do you think we'd be able to go from one world to another world relatively quickly like maybe even at the push of a button it's like oh boom now you're in the uh, other world small transitional cutscene uh, or would you have to go to set locations to to go between the worlds what if that's what the new zona shrines are for and there is a loading screen, but they exist both in the past and the present, and that's our switch. It, it, that's just what I immediately thought about because I was thinking, okay, I don't believe it to be possible loading screenless, but maybe there is, maybe that's the entire purpose. It's not you actually enter them. There's a version of like swirl and no swirl. And uh, there is a swirl in the past version and none in the present, and oh. you go in there and you go in the other time. Would would that? And that's why they're like scattered across the kingdom, so you can like do that at multiple places. You don't have to be, like, you can do it at any time, but there's always a nearby option. Would that disqualify the idea of shrines, uh, shrine puzzles for, for those? For, uh, do you think that there would still be something else that that works as a shrine puzzle? Um. I mean, I personally, like, I uh, like shrines personally, but mostly I, this is like speedrunning bi uh, bi biased, but I actually feel like it's likely that we see a departure from them. I think most of the Sky Islands will kind of act as small shrines. Like, some of these islands look so small that it's mostly like, okay, go on this island, solve a small puzzle, get a prize. If you already have those and, like, underground caves, if you remember, there's these, like, little cave icons on the uh, on the gameplay footage, right, that have, like, a check mark to them. Even those could act as some sort of shrines. Open the cave, solve a little puzzle, get something, check mark appears. And then also having these, like, Zonai shrines could potentially act as the same thing again is uh, I, I was already thinking about them just being teleport points but if they actually act as switch between the two times that would obviously be massive okay so uh at, at this point uh to the audience i gotta say i'm going to mention something that i saw in the art book leak but it's not going to be very specific i'm going to be very vague and i'm just going to say why i don't think uh that's the case based on that but it's not uh i'm not going to describe in any detail what what i see um 
So I, I don't think that that's the case. I think there will be shrines. I think there'll be Zonai shrines um, because in the art book leak, there is some architecture that looks like it would be the equivalent of a Sheikah shrine, but green. Uh, there, 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 it looks very much like what I would assume a shrine's architecture would look like. The, the, um, th that's all I'm wanting to say. I don't want to describe what... Okay, okay. But, but, but just to... Uh, because I think we think about the same shot, and I thought about this before, but I have now kind of put this shot in my head into the Zora's Domain new dungeon area. Mm. I'm not sure if we are thinking about the same one. Yeah, but probably. Like, I believe there's like a gate in the middle. Ah, okay. um, <laughs> and I believe that this is actually taking place in the Zora world, right? Is it possible? It's, it's possible, yes. Uh, um, okay, okay. Okay, well at that at this point like I'm not I'm not really res obviously like that'd be wonderful if we can actually travel through time. But uh if I'm going to resist it it's because I just it would just be an enormous amount of of content. Like just a, a ridiculous amount uh at, to the point where I'd like be overwhelmed as like oh god, what do I do? There's so many things to do. Um it's True. Not, so so I would definitely love it but I'm I'm going to not put my hopes on that because I feel like uh it's it's expecting too much from Nintendo. To, uh, I'm begging to be disappointed at that point. True, true, true. It's definitely setting you up for that. And I'm going to continue, like, because, again, I had already been in the camp of, like, oh, they're probably just teleport points because there's already so much to do that it almost seems like putting another... Because we've seen a lot of them, right? Um, but, again, like, I'm sorry, but I will give you a little bit more hope. Their locations, even, make it even more interesting to me that this is a possibility. There's one next to, like, the seven heroine statues. There's one literally on top of Arbiter's Grounds. I don't want to get your hopes up that much, but, like, but like if um, it, it, it would make sense to explore these places in a different time, right? Um... Okay, I really love this theory as well, and I'm going to try. I'm going I'm to think, I, I, I remember this podcast and say, because I've never heard anyone ha mention this idea yet. If this actually becomes true, then I'll remember this, but let's just continue to think the teleport points are Zona Shrines, I guess. But I obviously also love it. Um, but yeah. All right, uh, we're, we, we got off track. Was there something else you wanted to point out here? Uh, pretty much just that this cut might be happening unless they made an oversight here. The Zona Shrine is a time travel stone and we get to go there. Um, I think I just wanted to talk about Ganondorf a little bit more in general. Um, maybe actually let's, let, because um, I think we both hope to fight his rehydrated yes. form, which could also be possible if we actually get and go into the past. Go into the past. Um, but there was, a couple of things, one story implication, one one um, gameplay implication that I wanted to go over. Number one is I think this entire game, and even the story we just mentioned about the Ganondorf defeating or sacrificing the ancient princess, kind of, to me, sets up this huge like betrayal story as well. And this might be me being too like too focused on this like eighth heroine story from Breath of the Wild, where it seems like there used to be eight people and then one was like kind of discarded there. They, they were misplaced, uh, which by the way, a lot of people have also said that um, they don't necessarily all have to be like female for that. Apparently all of the depictions from the Gerudo are, um, are basically they're like statues of, they, they turn them into like um, female appearance. If you go to them in Breath of the Wild, it, and again, this might just be symbols that they use a lot, but it's interesting that one of them is like a tear, one of them is like a flame, one of them is like a little bit watery and windy or whatever. I see. And I think um, it could still set us up for a world in which um, 
Ganondorf back then is just like actually actually the Gerudo King. We we've seen Zonai build boar statues. We've seen like in the very oh first season. Oh my god! Some, like, he would have had to some... have been. He would have had to have been if if he was born into into that. Like if it if it isn't if it actually isn't like a actually still alive past Ganondorf and he was just born into the Gerudo world again. He would have to have which wait, I'm, I'm that's i'm pretty sure that's confirmed that that happens and the japanese post of his art is like a gerudo male gets born every 100 years right and, and and it's it's weird like what i think if this is actually the origin story this has to this this has to have like started uh, of this kingdom somehow um and at, at one point this was just a gerudo king the the zone i made like like depictions of him riding a horse with a trident being like this powerful leader and they built like boar statues or whatever and then he somehow like that makes sense he 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 somehow lusted for power so much that he devised this plan where oh i'm gonna like sacrifice the princess and i'm gonna like make this blood moon become the most powerful being um and uh, this circle of like eight people who protected the kingdom but one of them turning against them like messing around sacrificing the princess becoming the, the the demon lord instead of just king ganon of gerudo i i think that story is definitely there somewhere that's hilarious to be told, no that's actually that's actually makes a lot of sense it, it makes sense why they would like scrape him from history uh yeah, no, yeah. there's there's seven heroines not eight okay wow that's good <laughs> yeah i liked it a lot too because because i personally always wanted um, and it might even be kind of like this, like, I don't know if Nintendo's going to do this. This is just like a selfish desire of a story that I would like, where the King version of, uh, of, uh, Ganon actually has some like, re like relatable motives, but he like falls for this like dark power and becomes like this bad guy. So, and essentially is also part of the reason, but because he did this horrible thing, it, it, it like repeats all the time. So one of the things that almost all the other ganondorfs um are the same person they're they're, they're not reincarnated yeah. there's like one in four swords adventures that is not accounted for him and seems to not to be some kind of reincarnation or maybe not related to ganondorf at all but the problem is that that's stupid like that one is stupid um so i you know we should all just ignore it and pretend it didn't, it didn't happen um but but the other ones are all the same person at divided across timelines, divided across um, time. But they all come from the same origin point. So Ganondorf has has a, has never died and come back apart from the one in Four Sword Heroes that doesn't count and doesn't matter. Nobody should ever bring up to me again. Um, <laughs> um, so him dying and coming back to life is actually kind of new. Like... Uh, uh, dying, being a, a new person, like being a new person uh, that just kind of uh, invokes the original Ganondorf. And it looks very much like what he doesn't look like the other Ganondorfs, uh, honestly. Have you looked at his chest? Yes. Uh, and that he doesn't have a wound there yet? Yeah, yeah, that's so he's definitely not um, Twilight Princess Ganondorf, you know, like right. it, it's, it's, not, it's not that guy. Um, he d he might have a wound on his head from uh, Wind Waker Ganondorf because he can't see it. Maybe, maybe um, he could be from the Fallen Hero timeline. But I I don't think that matters. I think him being a new person like fits quite well with the whole Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah. Uh, he's never used a katana before. I've never seen this man have a katana. 
Uh, he has round ears as well, I think, which I believe the previous iterations have like more pointy ears. I don't remember that, but but I'll take your word for it. Um, but but yeah, like it would fit. Breath of the Wild is trying to separate itself from the rest of the canon. Uh, he, he, this is Ganondorf, but it's a new Ganondorf. I don't actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I I, I kind of would prefer this. I do, I'm not sure I want a Ganondorf with so much baggage, so much baggage. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I I haven't said this before, but I also don't want demise. I I don't I I don't like Demise if we're talking about Demise versus Ganondorf. Like, Demise is a chump in comparison to Ganondorf. I don't care about what's yep, going on. Yep, yep. Ganondorf is infinitely cooler than Demise. I don't want Ganondorf being like some kind of puppet uh, <laughs> to Demise. This is just his own man from a new time uh, uh, that, that he, he's 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 embedded himself into the cycle so much he's he's actually in, in reincarnating, not, not just Demise incarnations in different forms. It's Ganondorf now that he's such a successful incarnation of Demise that he's like, okay, let's do this one again. This one worked out really well. It keeps working out really well. This one. Yeah, I don't believe. Yeah, I believe you can kind of have both. Where like the mice never shows up. Like he never shows up. He's never like this guy. It's just like Ganondorf lusting after power, becoming this like ultimate demon lord. Yeah, and, or whatever. He, and, and after looking like the mice. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. That's exactly what but, I'm thinking. They could even do the thing where just like what we know as the mice is just like the malice that he fuses into himself, yes. the evil power. There's this, there's this place called the Breach of Demise. Like maybe when he messes around, that's that's when the malice starts coming out of the kingdom from its like baggage from the past and Ganondorf absorbs that to become the ultimate demon king or whatever. Man. And he somewhat like shares that like, uh, that's why the hair like resembles it, but he's just like the demon king now. And he, he just has its power. <laughs> this conversation is like hyped me up more than, than, than the others. I'm just like really like my my head's going in all kinds of uh, directions. <laughs> okay, then let me just top this off, up with one more thing that I think is also really exciting, which is that um, I personally made the connection not... Uh, not only because of what Ganondorf says, I put rise, rise my servants here, which is something he does say, but the Blood Moon and Breath of the Wild, its power is obviously to like revive fallen um, monsters, like monsters who have been slain by the, the power of the light or whatever, they um, revive. And in this shot in the mural, I don't really have the full here, but you can see uh, a person that stands next to him. There's also some dead people next to him that almost look like they wear, they use a Hylian shield. So they almost look like normal soldiers that Ganondorf is maybe defeated and is able to rise with the power from the blood when he's able to have some like necromantic powers. So the and Hylians would have out, been around during that, this time? Like they, they, could, they could be called Zonai back then, or like maybe they're not called Zonai yet, but they're just like people, like people of the kingdom, like normal, not monsters. Uh, I, that's basically just what I mean. But the point is, Ganondorf might have some sort of um, necromantic power where he can rise. Uh, we even see Redeads as well, where he can like reincarnate people. And I think this is from the Luigi Bros comparison, from the gameplay comparison, that what used to be the bottomless swamp, where this giant skull is in, is now a lake. The skull is just gone. When we see the shot of Arbiter's Grounds, not Arbiter's Grounds, that's actually also interesting. I can put that up as well. Um, that area is actually... Uh, where does, um, th this is the area where the structure rises out of the ground, right? Um, this um, usually should show you the Gerudo skeleton behind it, but it's not there. The skull out of the bottom of the swamp is gone, which personally reminds me of Star-Lord a lot, um, at least from the design. It has like these big horns, big like grim skull or whatever. 
maybe there's a way, maybe there's an option, I don't know why this keeps happening actually, um, maybe there's an option that Ganondorf has resurrected these creatures and they are like now fighting for him again. Yeah, I have no, I have no objections to that. What? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's actually gonna happen, but I could make for some cool boss fights. It would explain some of the larger things that we've seen, like that um, thing in the storm. Right, right, exactly. S resembling some like centipede leviathan sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well this this was cool. Is there, is there anything else? Do you have any other thoughts? Uh, that was pretty much it. I guess we covered the three big people um, that will be interesting. Um, other, we haven't actually really talked about Link much, but uh, he is going to be the hero again, and he's going to use the power of uh, Dragon Man to hopefully do the job again. I, I need to think and talk to more people about this, like, Zonai Shrine time stone possibility, because it, that, that's, to me, if that actually does happen, the game jumps from 10 hype to, like, 11 out of 10. <laughs> 11? But, like, um, that's, a little, that's cutting it a little like, short like at that point. 13.8. I don't know. It's, um... That's a wild one, um, but I'm going to try not to think about it too much to not get set up for disappointment, but I think that was fun. Um, I feel like we kind of like, do, as we were talking, made a lot of potential scenarios, like the ancient princess potentially being sacrificed, the recall tier's origin and it being able to kind of ex exist twice, Ganondorf's role and his potential uh, pre-story and the big one, the, the, the stone, but we'll see how much of that is true. I guess it's a good point to remind people again if you disagree. That's our theory. I think we did kind of base it pretty well with uh, hints, at least. Um, yeah, so we talked about we this. talked about the evidence. Um, you know, people are different. Yeah. They don't always find the same kind of evidence compelling. But that's um, um, and and really, this is this is speculation. If I'm completely wrong, it's like, oh, okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, exactly. it's fine. Uh, uh, like, point it out. Tell tell me tell tell me in which ways do you think uh, I messed up? Right, but that's pretty much it. I think. Um... We, uh, I had a great time. Thank you for having me, by the way. This was really fun. I'm more excited for the game now than before. Yeah, me too. And I was already very excited. If, any, if anything, you've doomed me. Now that I'm going to be thinking about the stupid uh, two time travel thing. I had, I had completely oh, yeah. gotten that out of my mind. I thought, I thought, okay, Zelda's in the past. She's. Do and th to be fair, there's not that much evidence for it as well. But it would like it, there's like this funny connection that okay, the stones might be in both times, and we don't really know what they do yet exactly. And like something hints to it, and this would exactly be the sort of thing that Nintendo would hide, I believe. Yeah, if they were gonna hide anything this would be the this would be the thing what i i didn't ask you this before what what's your thoughts on playable zelda what's your thoughts on that you think it's a possibility or or she'll be a summon like creature at least yeah yeah that's what that's what i believe now like i don't so especially i think this goes in hand with what we just talked about if link can reach this timeline i absolutely don't believe it right like if link can actually use these stones to be there then there's no reason for it um if he can't then it would be cool to kind of um have her uh, be around and maybe do some tasks of her. But I actually talked to um, some other people that also mentioned that Zelda, like when fighting, she doesn't really like physically hurt anyone. She has like her ceiling power and she's like the she's like smart. Um, even in this universe, though, this is not we, we don't have girl boss Zelda yet. We we haven't reached the Mario movie um, version of her yet. But um, I don't think we're ever going to have I, girl boss Zelda. Uh, we, 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 we might never. Um, but I believe the summon thing is actually kind of likely. If we have all of our companions show up in the respective dungeons and there is some sort of time dungeon, this would probably be the final one then. She'd be able that to use ranged, to ranged attacks or something. Magic. Heal, yeah, like exactly. heal you or something, buff you. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, this has been a great uh, time. Let me uh, say goodbye to everybody. 
Uh, thank you for coming, Limcube. This has been the Yggdrasil Podcast. Thank you all very much for listening.